Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Rolling on, it's a uh, busy Wednesday, over the hump Wednesday. Looking forward now to Divisional Playoff Weekend. More Longhorns, no more new Longhorns into the portal, and could there be more coming? By the way, this says, guys, half of Westlake moms are on Ozempic. Oh, yeah, no doubt. That fits. It fits. No doubt. I, says, I know a couple uh, of those. How about this? We won't identify the person, but the uh, says my wife is on the generic brand of Ozempic. Has lost 42 pounds in three and a half months. It's unbelievable. Now, it works. It is works. It, is, what are the side effects? Like I said, it's a, well, that's what they're not sure about yet because they haven't seen people use it for this long purpose enough. long enough to be able to track what the, what the bad you know, the possible side effects could be or the downside of it. But they do know, uh, you know, I mean, just it's just like Viagra, right? Viagra was <laughs> initially supposed to be a drug that was given out for uh, people with cardiac issues and heart issues. And, you know, the happy accident was they found out, hey, man, you know what? It also helps with um, <clears throat> being able to uh, stay alert. Right, uh, and get the blood flowing to other places. Um, and then once they found that out, it was like, you know what? Screw the initial purpose of this because people, the market dictates that they want it um, as you know uh, for the for the byproduct or for the whatever the side effect is. And I think Ozempic is trending that way too. Well, people want it for the weight loss uh, effect of it. They don't really care about whatever the medical reason was that they had it. Yeah. All right. Well. I just remember I'm 41, 51 years old around where I haven't tried that, the little blue happy accident. But I will say, because hey. I would hear the commercial and say, if, you have, if your erection lasts more than four hours, please see your doctor. I'm like, yo. There you go. I'm out. It works. <laughs> it works. Like I said, it works. More four, than four hours. Four hours. That, that, that what am I going to do with that? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so it was Empic, and we'll see what that comes with. Somebody said wastewater treatment plant. That's what it was. That was in, when I was growing up in Houston, that's where north in the suburbs, Rod. Mm-hmm. They were building a new wastewater treatment plant. It was not far from my house, so we would go back there and slide down the hole, the pit, as they call it, because yeah. they built this big hole in the ground to build the new stadium. And uh, after what we saw in Buffalo where they had to postpone a game, is it still wise that Buffalo is building an open-air stadium with over a billion dollars and a lot of its taxpayer dollars? Did the, not? Will, will they have a, a retractable roof? Nope. No retractable roof? Nope. Seems like that's, that seems irresponsible and ill-advised. Why not just have the option? You ain't got to use it. You can keep it open. Why well, not have the, the Bills option? Mafia was, uh, was ardently against it, but at the same time, if you're the NFL, you just had a game postponed. So you, um, you're not uh, – will you get the Super Bowl, though, building a new stadium, no, open-air stadium without no. a dome? I don't know now, if you get Jerry, the Super Bowl. I mean, Jerry, uh, Roger Goodell promises it, but you can't promise a February Super Bowl to Buffalo. Buffalo with an open-air stadium? Well, remember, the, the closest we got was when the, the Jets and Giants built their new stadium in New Jersey – to replace the Meadowlands, and they had that was the year that the Broncos got beat up by the Seahawks mm. in the Super Bowl. Was that that, or did the Broncos beat know. the Seahawks? Broncos beat the Seahawks. No, Bron- Seahawks. Seahawks beat the Broncos. Yeah, beat them bad. Yeah, beat them bad. But that was in New Jersey, and there was a blizzard the next day. Like the NFL beat yeah. it by like a, like a, like eighteen hours. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so that was fortunate. Now look, I mean, the Cowboy Stadium had a Super Bowl, and, and it was, yeah, it was the right. Ice Bowl. It was the Ice Bowl. All the strippers got stuff. It was a mess. <laughs> No, I did. I remember all reading all the articles. Because all the strippers, they go to the big sporting events. Yeah, they, they make they, a lot of money. Yeah, they go where the money's going to be. Yeah, exactly. You guys have a lot of uh, like disposable income. Birds. Yeah, so they know a lot of uh, ballers are going to be there, professional athletes, and a lot of artists are going to be there spending a lot of money. So they travel where the, the big sport calendar, basically where all the sporting events are on their sports calendar. And Super Bowl is like top two or three. Well, all the strippers 100%. from that region, they go to the local Super Bowl. They'll go there and work. And I remember reading, like, all the strippers, they couldn't travel to Dallas because the city was frozen out. Yeah, it was frozen up, so they couldn't travel. Yeah, so they, went, they had a, a shortage of strippers. Dang. 
I mean, I know it's that's plenty of downtime too. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> so in your hotel room. the strippers out there, yeah, exactly. Right, they, the stri- they didn't have what no strippers. Shame. The stripper shortage. Yeah, it's sad. Well, you know, uh, things happen. But that was good. You know, who won that Super Bowl. <laughs> Packers. Packers. Packers are now six and zero in that building. Yeah, remember the Packers. Packers uh, own that stadium. Remember they were at. They were. Remember they had to practice at a high school. There and I forget what high school it was, but they kept saying the high school facility there in Dallas was as good as some of the NFL facilities they had seen. They were that good, and I forget whose facility they were practicing at. But yeah, yeah good point on the text line says guys would a roof have kept that game from being postponed? People still got to get there. That's true. I mean, they still if they had a roof on the Buffalo's new stadium, they wouldn't have gone to. That oh no, game. we're talking about the Super Bowl though. Yeah, we're talking about when and, you, and if when you're you get spend... a new stadium, usually you'll get the Super Bowl as a result of it. I don't know if you'll get the Super Bowl. I would say, and look, I mean, you, to your point, it's very practical that in the days of modern technology, you can build a stadium that that's opens and close, uh, closes yeah. to give yourself the option. But Bills fans don't want the option. They don't ever want to close. Bills Mafia are crazy. They want, it out, they want it open. You saw those folks when they had to go shovel themselves to their seats. They were loving it. As we yeah. said, they're being out there like on Lake Travis. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know what to say in this psychology. This is the best. <laughs> yeah, it is, it, is a, it is a home field advantage. They've got to dig out their seat from yeah. – Foot, feet, feet of snow, not this, this foots of you. snow. You're right. It's a, it's a home field advantage. I think that's what they're looking at. That when teams come in here, they're intimidated to play here late in the year. And, 100%. They, and I, I, they are. You're, did you? <laughs> we'll play it in. Um, who said that? But the uh, there was actually a reporter that asked Todd Bowles about playing in Detroit. Yeah. Dealing with the weather, and I guess they didn't do their research to find out uh, that yeah, yeah the Lions play in a dome. It was a female reporter, if you listen to the question. Oh, no. Oh. And, you know, sometimes in cutbacks in media these days, you know, you, you send the local news lady to go cover the Buccaneers because yeah, yeah, she, she didn't know. She, she did. didn't know. You know, and he, he did a nice job of not shaming her. She just, he just said, you know, they play in, indoors played it down. and have for a long time. Yep. Could have been just a Google search, though. Yeah, she asked him, are you concerned about the weather in don't, Detroit? Don't, don't ask people stuff you can Google. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was always told in media. That's like if you if you want to know just a basic rule, don't ask people stuff you can just Google. If you can Google it, don't ask them. Just Google it for yourself. Like, yeah, you're right about that. She probably just Googled it, and she'd be like, "Oh, they play in the day. Ooh, they play they, inside. They play inside." And he said they have for a while. Remember, they had the Pontiac Silver. They said like they play playing. <laughs> it's like you just Google it, it, it really would come up for you. It's not like they just started playing in, inside. Well, They've been playing inside for the last thirty years. Right, maybe we'll play that coming up. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we'll probably get to that in. Who said that? But yeah, I thought yeah that was we'll, so we're talking about weather and all that kind of stuff. Yes, you're right about that. We'll, we'll play a little of that because she did ask a, it was a very yeah. dumb question. Because weather is, ha- is, ha- is a big storyline in these playoffs so far. Mind, yeah. Yes, in the wild, it's a big story. And you're coming from you know, Tampa, so you're dealing with nice weather. Yeah. So I get why it was a topic, but yeah. Yeah. I would also say this. Google. That, uh, the Dallas Cowboys' happy accident is Dak Prescott, right? And, yeah, man. Um, they, didn't, they didn't know he was going to be the man, a franchise QB. The questions surrounding the Cowboys are many. As we've said, Mike Tomlin put questions to rest. He said yesterday he's planning to be back with the Steelers. Uh, any thought of him while stepping aside? You know, Adam Schefter had reported that we talked about it. That maybe he's ready to take a break. Not the case, according to Tomlin. Uh, so we'll see what the Steelers' side of that thing is. Do they want Mike Tomlin back? We assume they do. After another 10-win season and a playoff trip, they need to get him a quarterback, safe to say. Uh, also, Rod, the, uh, the Falcons interviewed Jim Harbaugh on the heels of their interview with Bill Belichick. They've been busy. They've been busy. I like it. Arthur Blank's already interviewed seven different candidates. That's smart. I'm it telling is. You, you, in, the more, in the more candidates you interview, the more knowledge you can soak up, the more knowledge you can acquire from those candidates. You ain't always got to hire them. They're presenting their plan, right? They're presenting yeah, their they're vision. giving you their ideas. They're giving you their philosophy. They're giving you all of their values and things that made them great coaches and made them really good candidates. And if I am you know, a decision maker or a GM or, a, or an owner, I'm just taking those and stealing those ideas. Now, will I use them and implement them? Maybe. 
because um, maybe they don't apply to us. But if not, at least I'll learn more about those candidates who will probably end up coaching for some team that we got to play, and then I'll learn more about their philosophy and how they build and construct their roster and, and how they build a team. So I, I would always interview as many candidates as possible. I'd interview 15, 20, and just steal ideas. Just siphon information. No, that's good. Uh, you always say that, and it, it makes sense. I don't think a lot of people think of it. Because, like, like Seattle, right? They may know they want Dan Quinn, but interview six, seven, eight people. Yeah. Because, you yeah. know, you may find somebody you really like in there that uh, down the road or – I would interview every coordinator of my opponents. Ooh. I'd interview all of them. All of my division, I'm like, hey I, hey, I like them. I'm interviewing all of them coordinators. Come on in here and talk to them. So pretty soon somebody would catch on. Like, man, he's just interviewing to get information. Well, they, but until they catch on, I'm interviewing all – I would look at my schedule for the next year and go, all right – I'm interviewing all of these coordinators. And it'd be hard Bring questions. Hard it'd be hard questions. questions. What do you think about on third down and seven? <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts about the RPO game specifically? Yeah. <laughs> A real pointed question. Thanks for your time. Uh, <laughs> you right? Yeah. No, for somebody, think about it. John Schneider is the general manager in Seattle, to so your point. And John Schneider had a press conference yesterday in which he said that for the first time since he's been in Seattle, he has now full control of the of the, the organization, oh, the hiring, okay. the hiring process. The owners have given it to him. Wow. Pete Carroll and he had collaborated on mm-hmm. it, and Pete kind of kind of like the Kyle Shanahan thing. It always had a strong say in personnel and the roster, and then decisions. Interesting. John Schneider's now in charge in Seattle. So to your point, whoever he hires, maybe it's Dan Quinn. He can do that. He could interview every coordinator. I mean, the Forty ers the Rams. Mm-hmm. You know, bring them in. Talk to them. Why not? <laughs> you, it, it's legal and it's exactly. Encouraged. <laughs> it's, it's and they want the opportunity, so they're like, "You know what? I'm going. I don't care if it is." They better take it. But yeah, because they want to be interviewing for jobs. It's good for their name to be mentioned with job interviews. 100%. So it's a win-win for and everybody. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be off the nose to be wanting to talk to the 49ers assistants. Exactly. And, and Sean McVay's assistants. <laughs> now Arizona, that might get a little curious. But yeah. either way, all right. You know what? Maybe not everybody. In the division, <laughs> everybody. So maybe yeah, maybe just the best teams. You're right. You're right. Well, because yeah, yeah. you know, I thought Jonathan Gannon showed some things in year one with Arizona. I'd he bring really in his did. coordinator and say, what's up with this guy? Good give me point. some skill. Give me some – what do you like working about it? Okay, so yeah, that's a great point, Rod. And so we'll see. question is, do the Cowboys get involved in this? You know, we know Jerry Jones is very insular. Jerry Jones, according to the Dallas Morning News last night, they had a story that came out. Uh, we were, it's been very quiet, we know, since because Jerry Jones said he was floored. Mm. He's, he, couldn't, he, he did not plan for this, obviously. The, the – couldn't comprehend that this would happen, no. that they wouldn't be planning for a playoff game again this week. And Jerry Jones did say the previous Tuesday on his radio hit that he's not going to have this year, this week, that he's uh, – we'll take it game by game. And Adam Schefter had the very pointed point that uh, Jerry Jones uh, – Mike McCarthy's d- job performance was always going to be judged on his final game. Agreed. Always going to be judged by his final mm-hmm. game. And if that were in the NFC Championship game and they lost a narrow, tough game to the 49ers, okay, we'll judge it on that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it was an embarrassing home loss to the seventh seed, okay, well, then Mike McCarthy very well could be fired. When they meet later this week, that was according to the Dallas Morning News, not that they were going to fire him, but they were meeting, mm-hmm. and it was going to be more of a job interview. And the very, and we're going to get to Rod's rant here in a minute, but I want to put this out there to the audience once again. We did it in the 7 o'clock hour. There's never been this available, this much talent on the available coaching market, Rod. Uh, maybe not ever, but certainly not very often. Do you have Hall of Fame coaches like Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick mm-hmm. and Mike Vrabel on the market? Mike, Mike Tomlin would thought maybe he would come on the market, but he's not. But, man, you have – these are really good coaches, Rod. Yes, they are. Jim Harbaugh is on the market. If you're Jerry Jones, can you sell to your fan base, stay the course with Mike McCarthy when a Bill Belichick, who according to another ESPN report that was out yesterday, Rod Jeremy Fowler, is looking for a mm. talented roster that's underachieving. He doesn't want to rebuild. He doesn't want to go to Washington and wait for a quarterback to develop. He wants a talented roster that's underachieving. 
Well, that sounds like the Cowboys. Sounds like the Eagles. Sounds like both of them. (laughs) (laughs) If you're Jerry Jones, could you risk the Eagles grabbing Bill (laughs) Belichick when maybe you could grab Bill Belichick? Um, I think Bill Belichick for the Cowboys makes a lot of sense. I would be concerned about who they would hire as their offensive coordinator. Hundred percent for Dak Prescott. Hundred percent. I mean, that's that's huge. Would Brian Schottenheimer be a name that could stay? He helped install the offense with that with Dak and with Mike McCarthy. I don't know. I'm just saying, if you're Jerry Jones, you have to consider it. Yes, because you have a short window with salary cap and salaries, and you know, a couple years from now, you don't you're gonna have to blow the thing up. And if Bill Belichick has a small window, short window, he's not here for the long haul. No, he's, he's here for a couple years. Yeah. He's trying to catch Don Shula and be out. So he's got basically two seasons, two of the seasons trying to get to, was he 16 wins he I needs? still know a lot of football. So. The general manager, Bill Belichick, really handcuffed the coach, Bill Belichick. No, no, no. General manager, Bill Belichick, should be fired. 100%. And, and you should never see him again. Yeah. And never want to see that guy again. That's the point. So, but you can you <laughs> give this guy a talented roster, which the Eagles and Cowboys are. What can you do with it? That is a question, Jerry Jones, Jeffrey Lurie. They have to ask themselves. Atlanta's already interviewed him because Atlanta's got a young, talented roster. Yeah, but Atlanta, you got to rebuild with a young quarterback. You, you got to draft a young quarterback, and you got to rebuild with that young quarterback. That's not and Bill Belichick getting, right and now. The last time you he's, tried that, it was Mac Jones. Yeah, he'll be exactly right. <laughs> Bill Belichick will be seventy-five, and, and Bill Belichick, like I said, he's trying to catch Don Shula, trying to do it soon before you know Father Time catches up to us all. So he's trying to do it in the next two to three years, which means he needs a quarterback already in place, and he needs a GM that he knows can hire good pieces around. Him and like you said, the roster is already is already built. It's just underachieving. That's Philadelphia. That's that's Dallas. But I said Philly might be a little better spot just because I trust Howard Roseman to reinvent. Well, that would be my point to Jerry Jones. Would be oh, you're talking about act, quack, act now. Don't let Philly do it. Don't waste. Don't waste time. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Because well, now you're going to have Mike McCarthy coming back, and now Bill Belichick's in the division. That's a problem. <laughs> That is a problem. With a talented roster? Cause, yeah. Because what is seen as a problem in Philadelphia right now is Nick Sirianni. Well, if you replace him with Belichick. And then what about Washington? Yeah. That division. Who are they going to hire? Yeah, they might go out to Vrabel or somebody. I think you know in mean? the short-term, two, three-year window. You're talking about just the win, now, years, the win now phase, yeah. Washington's rebuild. New York's still kind of a mess. Uh, that would be that, that would put a little pressure on me if I'm Jerry Jones. If Philadelphia's thinking about it, I better be thinking about it. All right, uh, because, yeah, you, as you said, a talented roster is quarterback in place. It's about winning. It's about go win. Much like Tom Brady, right? When Tom Brady left to go, he was looking for a team that was looking for a quarterback. There was a really talented roster, and he could bring a couple of his buddies with him, and uh, we'd go win this thing. He had Bruce Arians, had a talented defense, had a good offensive line, and what do you know? They go win the Super Bowl. I think that's what Belichick's looking for. It fits fits Philly better than it does fit, uh, in my opinion, fit the Cowboys because Philly's issues are their defensive backfield and pass defense has become a sieve, right? Uh, The way they've defended lately is an embarrassment, but they still got good players back there. And you go look at the quarterback situation. They already got a quarterback in place. They need somebody to help them come in and tweak their scheme, right? They don't know how to handle the blitz. They don't put in uh, fail saves uh, for their blitz uh, protections, no hot reads for the quarterback. These are all simple things that Bill Belichick can implement when he comes in. And you got a GM. You got a GM, a real GM in Harry Roseman that will hire you a really good OC and that will hire, will bring you in really good pieces as needed. So and help you build a staff. Philly, that's a, that's a nightmare scenario for the Cowboys if Belichick goes to Philly. The question is, would he work with Dom DeSandro? <laughs> The, the chief, the, chief honestly, security officer. You would never even hear about this, son, Joe, if, if Belichick was there. He, he wouldn't fire him. 
Because oh, he don't want rough on the peppers. Yeah, he put him to work. He put him to work. Hey, we yep. will uh, pick up those conversations. Also, bottom of the hour at Set List ATX with our man Nick Shuley. Shuley will be in the house also with the NIL Shuley. updates here in the month of January. But right now, let's get to Rod's rant number two of the day. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Rod's Wrap Today. I want to talk about the Texans and their playoff game coming up against the Ravens, and we'll be breaking this matchup down for the rest of the week. Uh, but let's review a little bit of what the Texans did versus the Browns still that uh, led them to that victory, the upset win over the Browns at home. And I've always said this. You guys have heard me, hear me say it plenty of times. You've heard me say it uh, on this very show, on these very airwaves. If to win a big game, you got to break tendency. There's so much preparation done, so much uh, breakdown analysis of trends and patterns and habits, uh, tendencies that at one point you have to find a way to break those because teams are going to be dialed in them. They're building their game plans uh, based on what those patterns, those trends are uh, for teams. And DeMarco, uh, D'Amico Ryan did a great job of uh, breaking tendency defensively against the Browns in a couple of ways. Uh, we brought this one up yesterday, but Derek Stingley was probably – the biggest tendency breaker defensively after Amari Cooper had 265 yards and two touchdowns receiving in week 16 against the Texans. I told you D'Amico would have a plan for him, just didn't know exactly what that plan would be. Well, the plan was simple. We'll put Derek Stingley uh, aligned across from Amari Cooper as much as we can to shadow him. He's our best coverage guy going up against their best wide receiver. Uh, and Derek Stingley shadowed him or at least aligned across from him because there sometimes they were playing zone. And even though he's lined across from him. He's not man to man on him. Sometimes they were playing man, but it was 35 of 42 uh, of the the routes that he ran. He lined up on Amari Cooper. That's 83% of the time he was lined up across Amari Cooper. If you look at the shadow rate where he follows him everywhere, that was uh, above 71%. Highest rate all season long for Derek Stingley to shadow any one wide receiver. And Amari Cooper only had, what, two receptions for 33 yards, I think, in that in that first half overall. But when Derek Stingley was guarding him, um, I mean, I think he only had three targets and just one reception when Derek Stingley was guarding him the entire game. So it worked. The other way he broke Tennessee, I went back and watched the game and had to go uh, kind of break it down and analyze it analytically. You know, D'Amico Ryan's, he's a, what's the best way to kind of put it? He's a no muss, no fuss defensive coordinator. Uh, he is meat and potatoes defensive coordinator. Remember they asked D'Amico Ryan's about, why, about uh, analytics and about deep dive uh, statistical analysis, um, data scientists, and all that stuff. And he said, I just watch the film, and I just go off what the film says. So he, And I'm sure he's got data scientists on the team. But he's talking about essentially what, what uh, as a defensive coordinator, what sparks his creativity and what he goes off of to build a game plan. It's not the trends and the patterns that I share with you guys a lot of times. For him, it was simple. It was just about, hey, man, what do I see on film? And that's what I'm going to build my game plan around, what I see on film. And I do think in the analytical era that we live in, there's an advantage to that because I, he, I think he's in a minority there. I think there are a lot of teams now that are basing uh, their game plans off uh, at least the analytics confirming 
what they see on film. And what I mean by him being a meat potatoes guy, he doesn't disguise a lot. There's not a lot of movement pre-snap defensively and not a lot of disguised coverages defensively. If you look at uh, disguised percentage, uh, percentage and the amount of times that he shuffles his safeties going from a single high safety to a two high safety look, or going from a two-high safety look to a single-high safety look, right? That's your rotation of safeties trying to give a different presentation pre-snap than post-snap. The Texans have the second-least rotation of their safeties uh, out of any team in the league. Um, and actually, Houston, they don't disguise their coverages a lot. When that playoff win over the Browns, they disguised their coverages 46% of the time. That was their highest disguise rate all season long. Uh, if you go look at uh, the no disguise percentage where they just essentially alignment assignment football, the Texans are going to play. Uh, they're going to stay where they play. <laughs> right? Essentially, wherever you see the, cow, the, the lineup uh, for the Texans, that's where they're going to be post-snap. The Texans lead the league 83% no disguise percentage. And yet in that game versus the Browns, they had their highest disguise rate of the season. Another way he broke tendency. Now, I'm not sure how they're going to break tendency in this game versus the Ravens, but you've got to find a way to do it. I would hypothesize it will be the blitz rate that will increase. Right now, the Texans are bottom five in the NFL in blitz rate. Lamar Jackson, he looks uh, less formidable. Uh, he looks like, uh, you know, a, 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 a above-average quarterback and an elite quarterback when he's blitz. Um, you go look at his blitz rate or his blitz numbers or numbers versus the blitz, 36th in pass rating, 24th in success rate when he's dealing with blitzes. Uh, it's a risk. It's a gamble. But against Lamar Jackson, you're going to have to take some chances. And if I'm the Texans, I bank on the blitz rate increasing for them because that's something that the Ravens have not seen on film that you could surprise them with in person. Also, first time they met, Texans got to Lamar Jackson a lot. He had four sacks in that game. The Texans did on Lamar Jackson. That was tied for the most he was sacked in the game this year and also his third lowest passer rating, second lowest yardage total of his uh, season was against the Texans. So Texans already have a decent game plan versus them, but they're going to have to break out something new uh, when they play them this weekend if they want to pull off the upset. Looking forward to it. That's the first game of Divisional Saturday, obviously. Uh, 3.30, is when they'll kick that off from Baltimore. Weather, by the way, it'll be cold, Rob. No, no precipitation mm-hmm. in the forecast, but you know, temperatures in the 30s or low 30s, maybe even below that. Is mm-hmm. uh, that game's middle of the afternoon, so it'll be at its warmest point of the day. Uh, when the Ravens and uh, Texans play, but looks like a pretty nice day for January in Baltimore. Uh, of course, the night game is in San Francisco, where the uh, Niners will host the Packers as both teams off the bye week will play the Saturday games. And then Sunday, you know, you've got the uh, the fun, fun Rams, excuse me, Lions matchup with the Buccaneers. And then really the game of the weekend for the national idea. It's the conversation. It's the Bills and the Chiefs again. Mm-hmm. They've played some epic battles, playoff matchups, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, can't wait for those games. So you got three really big underdogs uh, for most people, right? The Packers are a big underdog. Texans are a big underdog. And even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a pretty big underdog yep. to, to the Lions. And then one that's kind of a coin flip game in Buffalo. Uh, Josh Allen's playing great, by the way. We'll get into that in the he next couple really of days. Well. Um, <laughs> I'm sure Mike Tomlin real happy with his team that allowed Josh Allen to run 52 yards through their defense the other day. Crazy. But that guy is uh, some kind of athlete. Uh, plays. He loves that cold weather, man, out of Wyoming. Uh, he brought it, so that's what the Chiefs will see 
on Sunday night. Hey, we'll come back. When we do, it is Nick Shuley, our good buddy. We'll check in with him. Uh, Setlist ATX, the best live music coming out uh, this weekend, plus what's going on in the NIL space with the Longhorns. Nick's always on top of all of it. Uh, Longhorn basketball with a big game tonight. We'll talk to Nick about that. He's got that Brotherhood podcast. We'll hit, we'll hit all those topics with Nick coming next. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. For the top of the hour, it's a little Who Said That. Uh, also, Rod, some news here that is uh, our buddy Jerry Hamilton over at On3 Sports reporting that uh, Washington transfer quarterback, cornerback Jabbar Muhammad, who I know you like a lot, mm-hmm. planning on visiting Texas and Alabama this week. Alabama and Texas, of course, Alabama's the coach he played for at Washington. Kalen DeBoer is now at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Texas, of course, his cousin Manny Muhammad plays for the Longhorns. Good player, really good player. Number two ranked, yep. best available player in the portal right now. Also earlier this morning, Caleb Downs, the phenomenal freshman who will be a sophomore from Alabama, entered the transfer portal or announced he plans to enter the transfer portal. There is a difference, by the way, Rod. There's saying I'm going to be in the portal and then actually going through the process of entering the portal. Yeah, putting your, submitting your name <laughs> in the portal. Then coaches can actually, you know, contact you, and then they can pull, bring you in for visits and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, and we've, we've seen guys go in the portal and you know, come back. back. Yeah, yeah, come back out the portal. So there are a lot of, I mean, the, the, obviously I still don't know exactly how – Class schedules line up with the portal and the new college football calendar. That's just going to be really weird that guys are still hitting the portal, and now guys are on campus in classes at a lot of institutions already. It's going to be, I mean, so this, this stuff has to move fast. Like Caleb Downs going to the portal, I imagine he's got to make a decision in the next couple of days here. Yeah, you think so, right? He's got to get the visits in the next couple of days and make a decision. They still play week. school. Reportedly. Basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, welcome in our buddy Nick Shuley, the president of the Austin Music Movement. He's also the uh, curator of our set list ATX every Wednesday. Best live music in the ATX starting tonight through next through uh, next Tuesday. Uh, he also is uh, heavily involved in the NIL space with the Clark Field Creative and, of course, uh, the Texas One Fund and happens to host a couple of podcasts, the Brotherhood Podcast and Third and Longhorn, which are both tremendous. Hello, Nick Shuley. What's going on, guys? How are you, buddy? Man, I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm over this weather, but I'm good. <laughs> I need yeah. it to, I need that warm warmth to come already. I know hey, it's coming fast. Yo, Temperature tomorrow, 70. I love that. That's, that's, that's tomorrow, Austin in a nutshell right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from 23 to 70. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll take it. Hey, uh, by the way, let's start with this because uh, the Longhorn basketball team has a big game tonight. Safe to say, real big game. Uh, this is... You know, I don't say critical moment, critical mass, but the Longhorns have already lost one home game. If you're watching the Big 12 basketball season already, winning on the road in the Big 12 is so difficult. I mean, every every road trip is a bear. Longhorns need to make sure that they're protecting their home court, safe to say, and they've got Central Florida tonight at Moody. Yeah, we, this is you know, DJ said it, DJ Augustine had said it on the podcast about West Virginia because my thing is this is a team struggling to find their identity in the last – these the last game and this game are two that are very winnable games where you finally have that chance to figure out how you know how these guys are going to gel in a game with Dassault and and kind of flipping a lot of the identity of the team and and DJ said it he was like man there, it doesn't matter on the road it doesn't matter like that's not an easy there's no such thing as an easy game on the road and he was right and it, it kind of came back and bit us and we did the same honestly did the same thing at Cincinnati where we got down 
a little bit late, but we were able to kind of overcome that, and they could not overcome it at West Virginia. They fought back hard, and Aismas went nuts in the last five minutes. I think he had 19 in the last five minutes, but they uh, they couldn't pull it out over West Virginia. So tonight's a, a really big one because you're you've got the gauntlet coming up after that. Like it's a, it just it gets ugly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah you, it does. No I mean, nights off. Tonight, Central Florida, but Central Florida beat Kansas last week in their building. So not in Kansas, but at, at home in, in Central Florida. So, yeah, it is. And we had this stat yesterday, uh, uh, Nick and Rod, but Fran Fraschilla put out a tweet about the, the toughest remaining strength of schedule uh, for the season. And the, the top 16, 14 of them were the Big 12 teams. Oh, yeah. 14 of the 16. I mean, they go the after, <laughs> after UCF. After UCF, Baylor's, they play number nine Baylor, play number 15 OU, number 20 BYU, number five Houston, number 19 wow. TCU, and number 24 Iowa State. Yeah. And, you know. That's uh, insane. The, the, that is insane. That's the gauntlet. Uh, it's a great conference, but, man, it is, it'll beat you up pretty good. I mean, in the Houston Cougars, who have – remember, Houston with Kelvin Sampson as a one seed the last couple of years, two seeds. They post these 32, 33-1 records in the regular season. They've already got two Big 12 losses, Rod. Man. I've already lost twice. Just playing tournament basketball already, yeah. basically. They lost at TCU and they lost at Iowa State already. Yeah, but um, the Big 12 is, could possibly eat itself this year in the sense of, you know, all these teams losing games at key moments. Yep. So we'll see. I mean, granted, the strength of schedule will help them, but it's there, there's going to be a lot of very good teams that are under 500 in the Big 12. Yeah, no, that's 100%. And the, the committee's going to have a hard time, uh, and that's why every game matters uh, in a big, big way, including tonight's 7 o'clock tilt. You can watch it on Longhorn Network, but get on out there and check out the Longhorns and Rodney Terry's team. All right, Nick, uh, set list ATX every single week, the best live music in the ATX. Where are you sending people this weekend? Uh, you leave no stone unturned to find the best music <laughs> for folks to take in, in the live music capital of the world. Yeah, we're, we're still a little, a little lighter on shows this week. Hopefully uh, th- these things ramp up. In, more in, in t- towards the end of February. Uh, well, generally in February, things will start to pick up. By the time you hit March, it's cruising. But right right now, it's it's still still a little light. But there's some really good stuff here. And so uh, we'll start off uh, tonight. There is a very interesting artist who I've not heard, but I was talking to someone about him. His name is that one guy, and he's playing at Mohawk. And he is oh fam- that one guy. Yeah, he is, <laughs> he is famous for he is he didn't like the instruments out there, so he created his own instrument called the magic pipe, and oh, it sounds it, it sounds as interesting as it, as that story does. So it's uh, are you I, kidding me? This is that one guy with the magic pipe. The magic yep, pipe. That is, a, that is a real thing. So that's that's happening at Mohawk. So if uh, if you head out to that, let us know how it is. Uh, but just sounded interesting. Could and then you describe it, the pipe, please. I mean, I, I looked yeah. at. He had a picture of it on online, but it's uh, it's it. He, he has been tinkering with this for a long time to get the exact right sounds. So don't say he's tinkering with his magic pipe. <laughs> man, that just, man with the pipe sounds like an taking. adult entertainment movie or something. Yeah, <laughs> uh, probably is that one guy. That one guy. He's out of Las Vegas, Nevada. Not surprisingly. <laughs> All right, so that is Mohawk tonight. Also, I like this band that's playing Antones tonight. I really do. There's a great band. So th- this. This would be definitely my pick. This band called The Record Company is playing at Antones. It's I'd, I'd say it's for anyone that's a fan of the Black Keys all the way to it, – it gets a little uh, Americana-ish, et cetera, but they're a really, really good band. Uh, excellent band and out of L.A. Uh, LA. Oh, yeah. And then uh, German-Spanish-influenced guitarist Otmar Liebert, who's, who's actually a pretty famous guy. He'll be playing the O4 Center, which is a beautiful place to hear music. And then a really good local country band uh, who I really dig this band, the Ransom Brothers. They'll be playing uh, the Saxon. And then t- Thursday, tomorrow, we've got 
legends cool of cool in the gang will be playing at ACL Live. So you can go 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 watch and play Get Down and cel celebration. How many is, is there any members of the original Cool in the Gang? No, I don't even know. That I couldn't tell you. I I, I have a high <laughs> doubt level, but you never know. It's it's kind hey, of Hey, they'll be playing the hits though. You know that. And then uh, I've sent people down the road to San Antonio on Thursday. I went out to the opening of this venue last Saturday in San Antonio, and it's called Stable Hall, and it's kind of in the Pearl Brewer area, Brewery area of San Antonio, and it's a brand-new place that they, they turned the, the stables, what used to be the stables for the brewery where they delivered beer, into a music venue. And I... I was having a conversation with a woman who's pretty legendary in the industry, and I and I said to her, I was like, "This, I think this is the nicest venue in Texas." And she looked at me like I was crazy, and I, I thought she was going to annihilate me. She goes, "Nick, this is the nicest venue in America, and it is wow, phenomenal. I can't stable hall. It is the most gorgeous venue I have walked into. Like you, your jaw will drop." And so they're doing. Like right now, obviously, as you build a venue, you're kind of ramping up the calendar. They've got the Black Pumas will be playing there the second, I think, believe the second week of February, and they've got a lot of good stuff. But they have these two really good up and coming San Antonio kind of R and B hip hop artists, Brooklyn Michelle and West Denzel, will be playing there on Thursday. But I cannot stress enough to get out there, take a weekend, go to San Antonio, uh, and I know that sounds crazy for a lot of us Austinites, but it is, <laughs> it is, uh, uh, it's jaw droppingly gorgeous in there. It's an old, it's an old stable, oh, huh? Very cool. Yep. And then awesome. uh, a really cool, really cool event for for us, you know, '80s, '90s movie fans. Uh, Carrie Ells will be at the Paramount Theater doing screenings of the Princess Bride for, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and he will talk about, you know, filming the movie, etc., and kind of give some behind the scenes stuff. So he, for those of you that don't remember, he was Wesley as well as I believe he played the Dread Pirate Roberts. Spoiler alert. <laughs> So, yeah, for all you Princess Bride fans, which I consider one of the greatest uh, movies of all time, he's he will be doing a talk about that. Nice, go. love it. All right, yeah. good, good. That's Thursday, and then Friday we've got a, a good electronic prog band, pro progressive rock kind of band from Emos. Or it will be playing at Emos called Lotus, and then legendary Lucinda Williams will be at ACL Live, which is another good one to see. Uh, one of the a classic punk ska bands from California, the Voodoo Glow Skulls, will be playing at Parish. And then Mr. Kevin Bacon will be back at Green Hall and with the Bacon <laughs> Brothers playing. The Bacon Brothers. So. They sizzle. They sizzle. The Bacon Brothers. Nice. And that's Kevin Bacon. When seven degrees of seven bacon. So Kevin Bacon, right? <laughs> yep. And then Saturday. So Saturday night there is a reunion of one of – they were probably, I would say, when I was in high school, the Ritalin kids were the biggest kind of pop punk band from Austin. And they broke up years and years ago. They were on a major label, and it was a big deal. They kind of made it. And they'll be playing out at the Mohawk. So I will definitely be venturing out to that one. And then for for an, another pop punk artist, Y'all Out Boy, which is a great pop punk cover band of Fall Out Boy, etc., will be playing at Empire mm. Control Room. And then TC Superstar, Austin, one of Austin's best pop groups, will be over at Hotel Vegas. And then one of the, I believe, one of the only artists ever to get banned from Saturday Night Live, Elvis Costello, who is phenomenal live, and the Imposters will be at ACL mm. Live. The Panhandlers will be at Green Hall, and that one's a, that one's a really cool one if you haven't seen them. I actually haven't gotten to see them yet, but it, they, they feature – it's kind of a West Texas super group that has Josh Abbott, John Bowman, William Clark Green, and uh, Cletus Cordero from Flatland Cavalry. It's kind of a super group. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, they Those a, four guys on that little stage, that'll be awesome. They have a really good song called uh, I Ain't Crying. It's just West Texas in my eye. <laughs> yeah. 
And, and yeah, that's good. That's a super group. William Clark Green, who we found out yesterday is going to open up the rodeo in March with the first performance, and Flatland Cavalry's uh, lead singer, Josh Abbott, uh, from the Josh Abbott Band and John Bauman. That's uh, Green Hall Saturday. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, and then the, the Bacon Brothers will be in Austin that night as well at, at Hotspot, well, Cedar Park uh, out there. And then uh, a, a group that I know Ty really likes, the Bros Fresh, will be doing their birthday bash over at Sea Boys. And then Sunday, I believe our, our good friend and, the, you know, the reason I'm here, Mr. Tom Gimble, will, will likely be here for Hi, How Are You Day and the, the celebration of Daniel Johnston and his, his charity. And they'll, that will be over at the Paramount with an amazing band, the Fleet Foxes, and a, uh, another great artist, Valerie June. Valerie June, tremendous voice. Tremendous. And then Brian Pounds will be over at the Saxon Pub. He's a great country artist. And Monday we've got Catherine Patterson. She'll be over at the Mohawk for all you kind of indie folk kids. And then on Tuesday, a really, really talented uh, Austin musician, Zach Schaefer, will be at the Saxon Pub. I actually just saw him uh, at Stable Hall. He was playing in Rob Baird's band, and he is a very talented multi-instrumentalist. Nice. And that'll, that'll wrap it. There it'll wrap it. That'll put a wrap on the live music uh, week, and it's the set list ATX curated by our man Nick Shuley, and it's always great stuff. And yeah, man, looking forward to that. that. Stable Hall. I've just wrote that down. You know, you're always looking for kind of a getaway weekend if you're, you're coming up in the spring. Stable Hall. Uh, what makes it so beautiful uh, as you're talking about it? I mean, it's just the because it's an old building, right? Super old building, and they've just made it, uh, brought it back to life, kind of thing. Yeah, they completely re- redid it, reimagined it with some great architects and interior designers. And and it, for for any of you that haven't been out to the that Pearl Brewery area, it is the, everything there is so curated, so well done. And this that they didn't they didn't spare any any dimes on this one. It it just could not. It, the sounds phenomenal. It looks, it has this old feel to it, but it still feels brand new. So it doesn't make sense in your head. But it's, it's just you just like this is. It almost feels too nice. I was telling the guy that that's the the GM there that that runs it. I was like, it's it's almost too, it's it's almost too perfect. I feel bad that I'm going to spill my drink here and you know throw up over here and fall over here but <laughs> it uh but it, it it's it's definitely worth your time and there's so many good restaurants uh, uh, around there they 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 found it or they put that culinary institute of america in that area and so you're getting all these great up-and-coming chefs that are that are out there you know, starting restaurants etc and it's a very cool yeah it's a, it's a cool spot great place to kind of spend a weekend and it, it's kind of an adult to uh, disney world <laughs> there you go. There we go. That's why we love Nick, because he gives you the, the good spots for uh, mm-hmm. date weekend and those kind of things. I like it. Uh, and great music. Uh, Nick, have you you and Ty in there, are you, are you drowning your sorrows in the uh, the tears of the Cowboys, or how are we feeling, bud? Man, it didn't. It, honestly, Ty and I were, were texting during the game. It didn't even affect me at all. I, I honestly expected them to lose next round, but I, I just didn't. I don't think this team was any good. I think the division was garbage. And, uh, at, you know, Dallas didn't prove to me any time during the year that they were a good team. And it, just, it was just one of those media things that everybody loves for the Cowboys to, to be good and then fall down. And not, any, anyone who's watched the Cowboys for years did not believe in this team. There was never a moment where I once thought they had, they had any shot. So it didn't. Th- this year I had low hopes. I don't even think this team should have made the playoffs, honestly. But So it didn't, didn't, didn't hit me that, that much. Dang, I, just don't, dang. I, just don't, I just don't think they were that, that – they didn't impress me much. The teams they beat were not – ended up not being good teams and or else there was a – you know, a major asterisk by it where you got somebody like Stafford getting hurt or things like that happen. And the Lions win was it was a nice win. And they're, they, they're capable of playing decent football. But, the, you know, any team in the NFL on any night's capable of playing decent football. So 
Hey, what my... about uh, Belichick? What's your temperature on Belichick? Any thoughts? Or are you keeping McCarthy? What are we doing here? Uh, I, I, Ty and I were just talking about this. I, I have hopes for a new regime to come in there because something's got to change. This, this, it's just, it's been status quo there for the last, you know, since 1996. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's about time we, we, we change things. I, w- I would, I like the idea of Belichick. I just don't, I don't know that he's going to be around coaching that long. And and so I, I don't know. My I I would rather I would much rather have a Vrabel or an exciting hire like a Harbaugh or something like that. I don't know. All right, but we'll see. But I, I also know Jerry, and he'll probably just uh, just he'll probably be like, "We like our guys, and uh, we're going to go with McCarthy. He's won twelve games the last three years." You know, I can I can hear the hear the interview already. Well, they're having a they're having a conversation <laughs> yeah. this week. He does like his guys. All right, uh, good guys. stuff right there. Thank you, Nick. Always good to hear from you. The Brotherhood Podcast is out there with DJ Augustine and Royal Ivy. Also, the Third and Longhorn Podcast with a bunch of great Longhorn legends, including yourself, Rod Babers. Yes, sir. Have you a lot of fun. And Nick does a great job of yeah, uh, moderating that bad Nick's boy. Nick's the man. Rod Nick is, is the man. On that. <laughs> see, see, let's just uh, sh- sh- send bouquets. I love it. Hey, can uh, we come back and do a round of who said that? Thank you, Nick. Thank Appreciate you, it, Nick. bud. Thanks, uh, guys. Man, Stay warm, man. Stay Love warm. Nick Shuley, president of the Austin Music Movement. He'll be back next Wednesday. Get out and see some live music. It's going to warm up this weekend. Coming back, Rod will warm it up. I'll warm it up with some who said that, Rod. Yes, sir. Who said it? Coming back. Who said that? Ooh, who said that? that? Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? All right, time for Who Said That? Coming off of our set list ATX and ahead of our fabulous fifth hour on this Wednesday morning. Talk more NFL playoffs, more uh, Texas talk, with the Longhorns adding two more players in the portal and maybe not done. I think it's safe to assume not done. They'd like to add a couple more. We'll get you details on that coming up behind the BOC. But, Rod, it's uh, audio and cuts from around the landscape. We try to guess who they are. What do you have for me, my friend? All right, uh, Ty, I sent you a couple of clips. You can dial any of them up, and we can play. Who said Who's that? that? I didn't know he was going anywhere. Ooh. Mm. I could, didn't really hear it. Give that again, Ty. Uh, so this is a question from a member of the media and a quick it's Short a little, response. yeah. It's a little long. It's like forty one seconds. Yeah, I got a, I got another tweet in the middle of it, so it, it cut it off. And it's uh, okay. Oh, okay. Go All for right. it. There we go. I didn't know he was going anywhere. I know. I didn't. I didn't know that. It keeps cutting off. Nah. I have everybody. I have a ton of confidence in um in everyone in this building. Um, it's just a matter of us going out there and playing clean football, and that's been something that we have not done, you know. And so. There you go. Um, who said that? I don't know. Got me. Uh, that was Jalen Hurts when he was asked oh, okay. about. Okay, yeah, that sound like him. Uh, he was asked about uh, if he uh, if he wants Nick Sirianni back as Eagles head coach. His response was, "I didn't know he was going anywhere." So. Yeah, well, that's yeah. not the question. He's staying on the positive side. Yeah, he's always going to take the take the the sharp answer. We'll yeah. see. Uh, you know, Belichick sounds like a good candidate for either. Uh, how about this, Rod? Uh, how about this? Who said this uh, when asked about uh, potentially hanging up the cleats? This is uh, who said this, Rod? Like I said, I want to win the Super Bowl. I ain't done playing. I ain't even close to done playing. I still feel I can run for another two thousand, but um, that's for the future to tell. But so yeah, man, grateful. So what? It, what is it? 
outside of like financial security? Is it like I want to be part of a, a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I mean, I want to be somewhere that I mean, wh whatever happens, that gives me the best shot of winning the Super Bowl. You know, the, the business side is the business side. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it has to make sense. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just not going. You know, just accept anything at the same time because you know it's a long season we put our bodies through a lot but at the same time um i definitely want to be on a roster that you know can go out there and put ourselves in position and be able to win games and get in the playoffs and contend for a ring mm, gave it away derrick henry yeah derrick henry mm-hmm and was there is there a market for derrick henry older yeah. running back who says i can still go for two thousand as long as he's not asking for a high price tag, I definitely think there is. Me too. Me too. As long as he's, at, as long as he's being reasonable about what he's going to make, and he's probably going to be getting, you know, I, I don't know, pennies compared to what he was making in his last contract. I think he can go play for a contender. I think a contender would love that. How the Cowboys could use him? You've been tell, you've been on, you've been banging that drum for all season long. Yeah, man. The Cowboys should have made that move. Uh, now might be the time. A great stopgap for him. Would be. And uh, he, if you saw him play this year with the Titans, he still's got that thump, man. He's got a little something-something? Yeah. He's still – I mean, the, the Texans, by the way, did a great job against him in a couple of matchups because they used to shred the Texans on a game-by-game on a -game basis. But D'Amico Ryan's team – just collapsed the line and did a great job against him. And that's how that's how Houston's where they are. They had to beat Tennessee twice in the last three weeks of the season to secure the berth. And then needed Tennessee to beat Jacksonville at the end of the year, and they did. They did. That's how the Texans end up winning the division, getting the four seed and getting that home game with the Browns. Because you talked about, Rod, the Browns are a totally different team on the road than they are at home. To get that game, was. Yeah, to get that game at home, because that was either going to be the 4-5 or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, Houston to win that division, huge. And, yeah, I agree with you on Derrick Henry. What else do you have for me, Rod? Uh, Ty, I sent you a couple other more. Don't play the news story I sent you because that's misguided. Would you just play any of the other clips and we can play who said that? Jim Harbaugh or his agent, and if not, why not? No, I haven't talked to Jim. Right. Why, why is this coach from Michigan? Sorry. Right, did, did you, he was not a consideration. You, know, you did not see him as a... No, like I said, we're, we're going with Matt, and uh, I give you the reasons why. Um, I think go through, you know, I didn't, I didn't go talk to anybody. There you go. Didn't talk to Jim Harbaugh. Huh. I don't even know who that guy is. Is that McCarthy? No, that's uh, GM Ryan Poles for the, the Bears. The Bears. And he's basically been asked, did you talk to Jim Harbaugh at all? He's like, nope, I never talked to Jim. I never contacted Jim Harbaugh. Matt Uberflus has been my guy from the jump, which I also think is a miscalculation by him. Misguided. Or it could be a lie. It could be a fat out <laughs> lie. That's true. It should. He should have. I mean, the fact that he didn't reach out at all, that would. That's cause for concern for me. I think you should do your due oh. diligence as a GM. You should talk. You see, I, I well, say talk like to I everybody. Think Jerry Jones should at least talk to Bill Belichick. Yeah, at least talk to him. Find out where his gauge of interest. If Bill Belichick is reportedly looking for an underachieving, talented roster, Jerry should say, hey, I got one. That's you. That's you, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, that's, he's talking about you, Jerry. He might have been talking about you. He just didn't want to mention you by name. Yeah, I don't want to say anybody by name, but. Underachieving, very talented roster. Yeah. Yeah. The Cowboys have the most talented underachieving roster in the league. They got nine all pros, more than any other team in that league. And they lost in a wild card round at home. Come on. Come on, man. Hey, coming back, we'll hit the uh, fabulous fifth hour, including how about Amazon? The big story from Amazon that does affect you, the sports consumer. Say what? That has come down today. Ooh. Today. I don't like that. Details coming. It's uh, If you're a Ranger fan, Astro fan, you're going to want to hear this. Spurs fan. You will want to hear this. It's uh, hook them up with Ian Rodby coming back.